1: 225 274 1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word.
0: 21 days of purpose. Come on, say that with me 21 days. Of my purpose. Come on, for my purpose, for my life to be changed. Put your hand on your heart. We're going to pray today. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have. We thank you for every guest that's here now as a family member because, God, that's what it is. As soon as they hit the door, they stop being a guest and they're now part of a family. And God, we thank you for every one of our family that's here today. And God, just like family, there's needs. And God, we pray that you would meet every need in our family, in our lives, in our hearts today. Touch me, God, as we, God, listen to the word, that you would touch our hearts, each one of us, God, to be in tune with the goodness and the blessings that you have. We love you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Shout amen in the house. Shout amen in the house. Great to have every one of you here today. I I just want to say this, and I truly believe this. You're in the right place. You are in the right place. You didn't stumble here by chance. You didn't just wake up extra early this morning and say, Man, I think I'm just going to go to church. You are in the right place today to hear God's word for your life. And I truly believe that. I'm excited for you to be involved in what God is doing. Not only in our church, but what God is doing throughout this nation. Throughout this world. And we truly believe in starting tomorrow morning. That 21 days, that in 21 days of prayer and fasting, that your life is going to be completely changed. We're believing that you're going to step into a purpose that you never even imagined for your life. A future, a plan, a fulfillment, a blessing for your life. We believe that every one of you has a divine purpose of God. For the past, I believe it's 10 years now, we have started every year With 21 days of prayer and fasting. So we've done it for a while now. And the reason why I say that is we've proven that the practice works. We've proven that it works. We've seen so many testimonies. You're sitting around testimonies today of people who have seen breakthroughs, who have seen miracles, who have seen God do wonderful things in their life. In fact, we don't have this scripture, but Mark 9.29 says Jesus spoke these words and he says, certain things will only come about in your life through fasting and prayer. It's fasting that unlocks those certain things. And maybe there's some things you've prayed about you're still waiting on. Why not add to your prayer a time of fasting? That you can believe that those things, those areas, those miracles, those promises will be unlocked in your life. On Wednesday, we began to look at why fast? What is fasting? What's the thought of it? Is it biblical? How should we do it? Different things like that. And I encourage you to follow along on social media. We have that available. But today, I want to highlight just a couple of the areas that we talked about on Wednesday that can help you. And again, we've got information on our website, hflc.com. US. Go there. There's a fasting page that we've set up. It's mobile friendly. So if you've got a smartphone, you can pull it all up on your phone. Go there and glean all the information. If you've got questions, post them and we will answer them for you. But here's where I want to start today. Seventy five times fasting is mentioned in the word of God. Seventy five times. I think that sounds pretty important to me. If someone is going to mention something seventy-five times, there's maybe an importance there that we really need to tap into and a necessity for our lives. Look at the scripture from Matthew chapter nine, verse fourteen and fifteen. Reading two verses, then the disciples of John came to Jesus, saying, "Why do we the far- we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast?" I think they're asking a question here. Are we doing the right thing? I think is what they're saying. How come we, as disciples of John the Baptist, how come we, as the religious leaders, the Pharisees do, how come we are fasting? Is that right? Is that something we should do? I mean, tell us. Maybe they're a little bit upset. Maybe they're also saying, how come we're suffering? They need to suffer too. I don't know, but I think they're asking a question to see are we in the right track? Are we in the right place? Through doing this. And Jesus says to them, verse 15. Can the friend of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them. Speaking of himself. And then they will fast. What Jesus is saying in this passage is not there is not an importance. But what he is saying is there's no time to mourn and be in fasting while the party is happening. While I'm here, but later, come on, with me, there is no need, Jesus is saying. But when I am gone, there will be a need for disciples, followers of me, to be able to seek me through fasting. And that happened, and it became a common practice in the early church. You can read of it in the book of Acts. And one example is Acts 13, verse 2 and 3. And it says, as they ministered to the Lord And fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work which I have called them. Verse 3, then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and they sent them away. I love the picture of that, that through a time of fasting and prayer, Barnabas and Saul were sent out to touch and evangelize Many parts of the world that were not yet touched for the gospel of Christ. Through a time of prayer and fasting, change came to this world. Change, I believe, that can come to your world too. And what do we also see? It was a time, and the Bible has, individual fasts, when people individually fasted. But then there's also times that we've just read of corporate fasting where together... They came together and I love that, that together we can rally together, that when we're wearing our wristbands and we've got one available for every one of you to take when you go and leave today, so you can look at that throughout the fast and remind yourself, I'm living for a purpose. Come on, I'm not on accident anymore and you can remind ourselves of the cause that we're living for, but it's also great to know that there are other people who are facing the same, let's just say it how it is, struggles and difficulties that you are. Because going without anything is never an easy task. But there's a common pattern that we see throughout the scriptures, making, I believe, fasting one of the most powerful spiritual disciplines that you and I can enter into. But yet, unfortunately, many have not experienced the power that it wants to be in our lives because we have chosen not to do it. Fasting is not payment to God. It's not that I'm going to manipulate. Well, I'm just going to go with that food. So God's having to answer. God is not manipulated. You don't move God with your fasting. Fasting moves you closer to God. It draws you closer to God. God doesn't change. He's in the same place he's always been. The problem is we're the ones that wanders away. So don't think, well, I'm just going to put myself through pain and anguish. And it's going to be a payment. And God's going to have to answer. And it's definitely not that. It's not suffering and pain. How many realize suffering suffering and pain happens on its own? That's called life. That just happens. It happens all around us. So why fast? Our bodies are made up of three parts. Every one of us has what is called a body, a soul, and a spirit. We are a triune being, just like God. We are made up of three parts. We have body, we have soul, and And we have spirit. The body is the seen part. It's what you see. It's the flesh. It's the bones. It's the muscle. The soul is the emotional capacity. It's what's going on inside of the body. It's our will. It's our desires. It's our appetite. It's our thinking. And then we have the spirit... Which is referred to in the word of God as our spirit man. And this is what distinguishes us from any other species of this world. Come on. Unlike mankind is the only people that possess a spirit. Animals do not possess a spirit. They have a body and a soul. But they do not have a spirit. Hate to break it to you, that means your dog is not saved. I didn't say they're not going to heaven. I just said they're not saved. Because after all, all dogs go to heaven. You said it, not me. But our spirit man is the God part. It's that when we're saved, that now we are perfect in Him. Our spirit man is perfect in Him. Salvation renews our spirit. So our spirit man... It's perfect, it's like God, it's the part that we communicate, it's the connection with us, with God. So the problem is not in our spirit, man, the problem lies in our body and soul. It's that which we see, come on, it's in our body and soul that we get angry. That we lust for the wrong things. That we say the wrong words, that we have the battle between right and wrong. It's in our soul that is housed in our body. And what do we know through the word of God? There's a constant battle between the flesh and the spirit, isn't there? That the flesh wants to be victorious. The flesh wants to determine the course of our life where the spirit man, the God inside of us, wants to lead us and guide us. And it's a constant battle that we enter into. And for most of us, if not all of us, two out of the three are leading our lives many times in the wrong direction. Because what you feed, Paul says, is going to be the strongest. Paul says that if you feed the flesh, it's going to rule. If you feed the spirit, it's going to rule. Whatever you feed the most is going to be the strongest in your life. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize what we have the tendency to feed the most. To feed the wrong things. To feed our appetites, to fill our wills, our emotions, to feed our desires instead of the things of God. And that's why we fast. We fast to weaken the wrong things and to strengthen the right things. We fast to disconnect our lives from the things that want to feed our body and soul. So once again, we can be connected or strengthened in our spirit man as it draws us closer to him. And that's why prayer is also so vital. It's not just fasting. I've used this analogy, maybe right or wrong. I, I think it's pretty good. Fasting is the lock and prayer is the key. There's things in your life that are maybe locked. As you fast, it presents those things to be able to be opened. But what opens those, it's the prayer key. It's the key of prayer. As we get begin to pray, God unlocks those things. Come on, He opens the doors that we need opened in our life. And I am believing as we fast and pray that God is going to open opportunities in your life. As you disconnect from... From the soul man and you become more in tune with what God has for your life. I want our lives to be spirit led and not emotionally led and driven. And again fasting alone without prayer is just starvation or a diet. You're not going to get anything out of it. But when we pray, we deny the flesh so our spirit man can be made strong. There's four basic types of fasting. let me just go through these really quick. There's the complete fast. It's that where you just drink water mainly and perhaps some juices and broth if you need extra strength. That's a complete fast. There's also a fast that's called a selective fast. We've talked about that being like a Daniel fast where you are selective with what you eat. Daniel fast is no meats, breads, And sweets, basically fruit, vegetable and nuts for the course of the time. There's also what's known as a partial fast, similar to the selective, but yet maybe you miss a meal a day and you don't eat throughout the day. You just eat at night or maybe you eat at breakfast and the rest of the day you just drink water or you drink juices and different things. And then there's also what's known as a soul fast. I like this fast. I think this is a great fast, especially for those of you who have maybe never fasted before. I believe every one of you can at least do a soul fast. And it's a time where you can just say, you know, I'm going to fast my soul. I'm going to fast the things that are feeding my soul. What are those things? Like TV, like, like secular music, feeding my soul with social media, feeding my soul with all these things, video games, computer games. I can put those things aside and I can in turn... I can pray, I can read the word, I can feed my spirit man instead of allowing the flesh. And just like with everything, if you're on a complete fast, your body's going to be crying out for food. If you're on a selective fast, your body's going to get tired with the mundane kind of foods that you are eating. You're going to crave more. There There are struggles in every realm that you face, but our focus is not on the sacrifice, it's on the reward. We remind ourselves of why we're doing this, to disconnect, to connect, to draw closer to God, to see the miracles. We encourage you, write down those things. Write down the things that you believe God to do in your life, what you're asking God to do. I was just talking with someone before service today, and they're so excited, saying, you know, I've never done this before, but here's some things I just really feel led to do. And I was just really encouraging them and saying, good job, that's great, that's awesome. And I reminded them like I remind you don't look at your level thinking it's less than everyone else because when we're before God it's us and God not us and everyone else And God sees the level of our lives and God will reward you for what you do in your life. So don't think, well, I'm not fasting as much as them, so God's not going to hear my cry. God's going to hear your cry just as much as them if you'll open up your heart and seek his face and believe that God, it's not the level of the fast that creates the level of God. It's not the level, well, if I just starve myself, I'm going to, come on again, it's not the pain, it's not the payment. God sees the heart of man. It's the motive and that which is behind it all. I love Chris Hodges. Chris Hodges is the pastor of Church of the Highlands. And he's a phenomenal, phenomenal teacher, preacher, leader, I believe, for the body of Christ today. And he said this of fasting. And I thought, wow, what a great statement. He said, fasting is a declaration of dependence. A declaration of dependence. We know the declaration of independence. We know as a nation, and that's been a good thing for us as a nation. But as an individual, independence is not how God ever purposed or destined for us to live. It's a declaration of dependence, that which God requires of us, that which God wants of us. Why? Because society all around us today isn't dependent, but more defiant. It's not putting forth a dependency, it's putting across a defiance. It's about what you feel is right. You follow your heart, you do your thing, you live by your opinions, you follow your feelings, you follow your emotions, it's your life, you live your life. What's the, what's the slang thing over there, YOLO? YOLO. YOLO, you only live your life once. I've thought about that statement. You know, that statement, I think, is more detrimental than good. Listen to me. I think that statement is more detrimental than good because it's not saying you only live your life once to make it count in a good way. It's saying you only live your life once, so experiment, so try this, so do this, and, oh, because you're never going to have another opportunity, so just take it on. You can repent tomorrow. Really, that's what the statement is saying. Why and how do I know that? Because the church didn't coin that phrase. The world called that phrase. And what the world says is good and right for your life. That's the soul man being fed. Where God says I want to feed your spirit man. And yes you only do live once. So you better start living by the purpose and plan of God. And put your life in dependency to that. Because that's the only way you're going to see success and blessing in your life. I want to say it as nice as I can today. And break it to you gently. But living your way doesn't work. YOLO's not going to work when you do it the world's way. You may be happy for a while. I like what it says of of, um, Moses in Hebrews. It says, Moses chose not to accept the passing pleasures of sin. And that's exactly what they are. What great definition of sin. The passing pleasures. Pleasures for a moment momentary joys, but soon run out with lifetimes of regret. Do I hear an amen in the house or an oh my? Moments of, wow, your life can be this and that, to realize it will bring your life crashing down to earth with a big bang. And it hurts because you have to live with the constant. The body and soul of our lives cannot be allowed any longer to make the decisions for our life. It's not good, and it's definitely not God. So dependency is living by His purpose, for His purpose. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. That's what we're going to be talking about throughout this month. Talking about living the purpose of God for your life. I don't have this scripture. I just came across it when I was reading last night and was reminded of this scripture. Acts 13, 36. Jot it down. You can read it when you get home. Acts 13, 36 from the English Standard Version says this. For David, after he had served the purpose of God in his own generation, fell asleep and was laid with his fathers and saw corruption. David, after he had served the purpose of God in his generation, fell asleep. I love that. He served the purpose of God he fell asleep. It's like his life was ended. He could go to the grave in peace because he had fulfilled the purpose of God in his generation. I want, by the end of this fast, I want throughout this year that every one of us can throw our hands in the air and say, I am fulfilling the purpose of God to the generation, to my family, to the people, to those I'm coming in contact with each and every day because there is no greater fulfillment in your life than fulfilling the purpose and the plan of God. Our lives, your life, my life, I'm not ashamed to say it, needs to be fully dependent upon Him. As we've been praying and as we've been seeking God for the direction as a church that we would go into these next 21 days, we don't just take something that worked last year and the year before. Every year we seek God for a new direction, a new theme, a new prayer focus, ...for each one of our lives that we can look and actually this year we're going to do it completely different to any other year that we have done before because in years past each day with our devotionals and our focus on key areas of prayer, we're focused on external things, we've prayed for the church and the leaders of the church, we've prayed for our nation and the leaders of this nation... Those who are serving this nation. We've prayed for our schools. We've prayed for our workplaces. We've prayed for missions. We've prayed those great prayers. And they're really, really important things to pray. But this year we're shifting the focus. We're not going to pray for the outward. We're going to pray for the inward. Every day we're going to challenge our lives. We're going to look at our lives as each day our prayer focuses. God help me to surrender today my life. God, help me to eliminate doubt in my life today. Help me to live in the freedom that you have each and every day. Not that we're not going to pray for those things, and we encourage you to pray for those things. But here's what we believe. Are you ready? And if you're taking notes, write this down. You've got to be selfish. It's time to be selfish. Taken out of context, that can be really wrong. But in the context of what we're going to give to you today, I believe it's completely right. <clears throat> It's completely right. Why? Because you cannot give what you haven't got. You cannot give out what you haven't got inside of your life. Let me show you what I mean by that. Acts chapter 3 tells the story of a lame man who had been laid daily at the gates of the temple, every day. He was a permanent fixture outside of the temple. And by the customs and the observations of that day, just like what we are, that we will come to church weekly, they would come to the temple many times. So what do we know? The disciples, specifically Peter and John, who this story is later told about, they would have passed this man many times as they entered the temple. It's just like if someone was sitting outside of our church. What would you do each and every time if they came? You would know their name probably by now. So you would say to them, hey, how you doing today? What's going on? Here's a little something for you. You would have a semi-relationship with them. But this time, this day, something was different. Acts Acts 3, verse 6. Silver and gold, Peter and John said, I do not have. But what I do have. Say with me, what I do have. have. I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says, and immediately he jumps up, and he's healed. He dances, he shouts, and he praises God, and a miraculous miracle takes place. What made this day different from any other day? What's going to make your day different? What's going to make 2016 different than 2015, 14, 13, 12? What makes the difference when you have something to give? The difference lies with your ability, or availability rather, to be able to give. We used to sing a song, and and I've asked them to sing it. I hope they'll be able to do that at the end of the service today. This title of the song was, I believe, Dance With Me. And the words of the song went like this. I want to be romanced by the king of the ages. I don't want to sing of a passion I have never known. But I want to get lost in the beauty of Jesus and dance around his throne. I'm tired of singing. I'm tired of seeing people live in a passion that they have never known or once knew but don't live in anymore. Look at the statement. You can only give what you have. You can only give what you have. You've got to have life in order to be able to give life. It doesn't go through all the details of them passing him each and every day. But as I said, I think Peter and John were good guys. I'm sure they knew his name. I'm sure they slipped him some money every now and again. I'm sure they pacified a need in his life. But they truly didn't meet the need. Why? Because the next day he was back there again with his hands open saying, I need more. Would you help me again today? But that day, why not believe that this day, these 21 days, that you're not going to pass needs any longer and just pacify the request. But you can begin to believe that you are going to see those needs fully provided and fully met in your life. Why the change? What was different? Here it is. You are the one. They were different. They were different. You and I can be different and our world will see the effects of that. They had just experienced an infilling presence of the Holy Spirit. They had been in the upper room and the presence of God came upon them like clothed tongues of fire. And they began to speak with a heavenly language as the Spirit of God gave them utterance in their life. But if you would read it all, it made their lives relevant and an example to everyone. Everyone else around. It didn't separate them anymore. It put them back together to the people around them that now God was instructing them go into the world and take what you have learned and share it with other people that they can experience this life giving power too. Come on, Pentecost came that day. We need a Pentecost experience in our lives, a touch of God in our lives that we won't just walk past and pacify needs any longer, but we'll. Will say in the name of Jesus, such as I have, I want to give to you because now I've got something to give because I've discovered the purpose. I've discovered the reason why I live is not just to suck the air and go to bed each night, but the reason I live is to fulfill the plan and the purpose of God. And I'm meeting you today. Why? Because God planned this and I'm going to leave you the same way. You're going to be changed by the power of God because I have something. That I can now give to you. They had a new life inside of them. Have you heard yourself lately? Have you seen your posts lately? Have you seen the statements of your life lately? Read something today. I thought it was so cool. Years ago, people used to have diaries and they got mad if anyone read them. Now, people post all their business and they get mad if people don't read them. Come on now. We want everyone's sympathy. We want everyone. But have you seen called to be a light and a change to this world? And there's people at your workplace that are more Christ like than you. God help us. But let's just go there for a second. We need a change. We need to change. We need to discover the purpose and the direction God has for our lives because here's what I'm asking. What would your world look like? The people you come in contact with daily, your family, your workplace, this church, what would this world, your world, look like if you lived with something to give? I can only talk of their testimony. The Bible says that multitudes were added to the church daily. And it didn't just stop with those who were added to the church. The Bible speaks that some were added and then others were multiplied. There was an addition that spilled into a multiplication. There was revival that took place as miraculous signs and wonders took place wherever these people went. They were gossiping the gospel. They were telling of the good news of Jesus. And even through persecution, the spirit church spread greater. Why? Because it drove it out of Jerusalem into all the neighboring areas. And as they went, they talked about the power and the life change of God. I want you to know something today. Are you ready? I believe everything of your world would change when you change. If you would just change and say, I want my life to be different. Thank God for 2015, but I'm glad it's gone. I'm excited about what God has happened. I, I realize the faith I had in 2015 is not going to be good enough to carry me through 16. The relationship I had is not good enough. I need greater. I need God to be greater in my life in a stronger way. I need a life of purpose like I have never lived before. Because people gather together and sought God for their lives. God never disappointed them. Just like he will not disappoint you, I believe, over these next 21 days. Because it's never wasted when you set time aside to seek God. It's never a wasted moment. And they became the answer to the world. Wow, I want to become the answer to my world. I'm tired of working, walking in a workplace and seeing the same needs around me every day. And just saying, how's it going? I'm praying for you. I want to see revival take place. I want to be able to take their hands at my workplace and say, come on, I'm I'm just believing right now. We're praying and fasting that God would do some things, so why not right now taking people's hands? That's how revival, I believe after 21 days, our church can more than double in size. If we could just grab a hold of this, and it's not about numbers, it's about souls. It's about lives that have been touched and changed. But when we get the life inside of us, we're not going to be able to shut up. Jeremiah was thrown in a pit. He was up to his neck in mud. They said, what are you going to say now? They thought they had shut him up. They thought they had silenced him. They thought they had this joker now in the right place and he was going to say, and Jeremiah said, I, I, I don't know what's going on but it feels like fire. He said, it's shut up in my bones. And he says, I can't be quiet. Do with me whatever you want but there's something inside of me that's stirring and moving. We need that fire of God. We need that passion of God. We need that life of God. When's the last time you wept before God? When was the last time you saw your neighbour and the people who are lost through the eyes of God and see them go into a lost eternity and your heart has been broken and your heart has melted? We need to see as God sees. We need to feel as God feels. We need to draw close to God. David said it this way in 1 Samuel seventeen twenty nine. He said these words, he says, is there not a cause? What have I done now? Is there not a cause? What have I done now? Is there not a cause? I like what the New Living Translation says. The New Living Translation says, David says, I was just asking a question. But I love the question he was asking. I love what he was asking because he's not asking a question for the world to give him the answer. He's not asking, what do we do now? And that's been the question the church has asked. Well, what do we do when they start changing the laws of our land? What do we do when we, come on, we don't need to ask the world for the answers. He's asking a question knowing the answer. He says, is there not a cause? He wants everyone else to know. You may be questioning in your life if there is a God. You may be questioned, does God really love you? Well, let me give you the answer to that question. I'm in this workplace because I'm the answer to what God has. There's a cause. I'm part of the cause. God has placed me here with a purpose and a destiny upon my life because I know the answer. I have the answer and his name is Jesus. David that day stood up and he said, is there not a reason right now? Is there not an opportunity for someone to make a stand and do something about what's happening here? What was happening? There was a giant from the Philistines that would come forward every morning. First thing in the morning, every night before they went to bed. That's just how the enemy works. He wants to remind you of your problems when you wake up. And he wants you thinking about them all night before you go to sleep. He just wants you to carry those problems 24 hours a day. He is shouting out defilement against the name of God. He's defiling the people of God. He's defiling the ability of God. And the only thing that was happening was they were being filled with fear and terror. They were filled with fear and terror. Because God's people had lost sight of their purpose. Saul was living in disobedience. The king of that time was living in disobedience. He was running and hiding from God. And therefore the people were running and hiding for God. But David. But David. Just a little shepherd boy. A little nobody In man's eyes. But David knew his purpose. Come on, he knew his purpose. I get excited when I talk about things like this because there may be an army that's going the wrong way, but it just takes one person to stand up and say, hold on a second. I know my purpose. It doesn't matter how big and bad the world is. All we need is one person to stand up and say, come on, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to make a difference. We're going to be the one that God has called. God is looking for a man, a woman, a person that will stand up and say, hold on. You see, David that day saw something different. That's that word again. Something different. What was different? David saw something different that day to everyone else. What did David see? Look at this. They saw a giant where David saw a target that he could not miss. Come on, the world sees a giant. I can't believe this. Come on, purpose sees a giant that has your name written all over it. The name of God, the ability that we have, a target that he could not miss. And I believe that moment David begins to understand some things. What do I mean by that? He begins to understand his placement. Where was his placement with a few sheep in a wilderness? His brothers had gone off to play soldier and be the big bad boys. He was left at home with a few sheep and put in a wilderness. He now understands his place. He now understands the preparation that he went through as a lion and a bear came out. He knows the times that he's been training with that sling. Now all of a sudden it's like the lights have come on. And he realizes where he has been in a wilderness for a period of time is all part of God's plan. And preparation and purpose for his life. Did he like that time? No. Do we like the times of the wilderness? No. But he understands like you and I must understand. Are you ready? There's got to be a root before there can be a shoot. There's got to be something anchoring our life before we're going to see blessing come through our life. In order to see sustained growth, there has to be something that goes down. Jesus talked of the parable of the sower that God goes out and he sows his word into the hearts of man, the types of the soil, four types of soil, incidentally. The wayside, the stony ground, the thorny ground, and the good soil. The second type was known as the stony ground. It speaks of not having any roots, so it grows grows up quickly and it withers and dies. They turn to Jesus and say, what does that mean? Like we would ask, Jesus, what does that mean? What's the meaning for our life? God says, it's easy. You've got no grounding. You've not got any grounding in in yourself. There's no foundation. There's no structure. There's no preparation for your life. So if you don't have the roots to go down first, nothing on the top is ever going to be successful and sustained. The problem we have today is we're living from the shoot instead of the root. We don't have anything to give. We're a fly-by-night wonder. Oh, I was blessed on Sunday, but we need more than a Sunday blessing. We need a relationship with God. We need an experience with God. And There's a cause today. There's a lame man at the temple gate. There's a friend you know that's on drugs. There's a workmate that's going through a divorce right now. There's someone you know at church with a child that's running from God. The Supreme Court has ruled a change on marriage and the identity between one man and one woman. There's hatred all around us today. There's violence all around us. There's a racial tension like there hasn't been for years because the enemy is presenting himself daily. And God's people are running in fear and terror. Look at this statement. Our Christianity isn't working, yet the gospel still does. Our Christianity isn't working. What we've labelled as Christ is not working, but the gospel still works. What's the gospel? The good news of Jesus. Come on, the life that we're living is not the gospel of Jesus many times. It's a Christianity. It's a set of rules of this and that that we've made up, we've fabricated, we've built. Much like the religious leaders of the day that Jesus came. I believe for many churches the opposition that Jesus received from the religious leaders he would get from many churches today. Because it's a form of godliness yet denying the power there are. Our Christianity isn't working. There has to be a change. We need to get back to the gospel message. We need to get back to there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. I'm sorry, sweetheart, I love you. But I love you enough to tell you that that's not the way of God. God's not pleased with that. God says this is the way to salvation. I am the way. I am the truth. Come on, Muhammad doesn't have the answer. Religion doesn't have the answer. It's only relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of lords so forgive me if i'm gonna make it plain but let me tell you something i've received a mandate from god and i'm living with a purpose and i'm on a mission And I'm going to see my world turned up, turned inside out, upside, right way, whatever you want to call it for God. Because I'm tired of pacifying a need. I'm tired of waking up every day and the same problems being there. I'm tired of seeing no breakthroughs. I'm tired of seeing no miracles. And I'm ready to be changed. I'm ready to be the answer to this world. I'm ready to live for the purpose of God. that means some things have to change in my life, so be it. If some friendships have to be put on the back burner, so be it. Because two can't walk together unless they're in agreement. I love you, but unless you're going to go the way of me, I'm going to keep praying for you. I'll keep calling you, but I can't hang out with you any longer. Because I have a new purpose and a calling for my life. feel like preaching today. This is just the intro. What's going to make the difference to our world? I would love to say what's going to make the difference to our world is the right person in the White House. It's beyond that, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we pray for God to put the person in there, but it's beyond that. It's not the laws of this nation and world that's going to be changed, that's going to put it's too far gone, and it's just gonna get worse. The word of God tells us that it's not more just churches that we need, it's not just Bibles back in school. All those things will help, but what is gonna make the change is you and I, individuals, standing up and saying, There's a cause of Christ that I want to be a part of, and I want to live by the purpose of God and the calling of God. And I'm going to change my world one soul at a time. I maybe can't change the world, but I can affect my world. It can make a difference. What is purpose defined? Purpose defined in the dictionary is this, the reason for which something exists or is done, is made or used, etc. I like etc. because it goes on. What is the purpose of God for your life? The reason you should exist every day. The purpose and the attention for what you were made. The aim or intention. The force that drives our lives. It's not just living for a cause. Got too many people doing that. Their own cause. Their own way. It's living for the cause. It's living for God. To see His will being done on this earth as it is in heaven. Time for you and I to live by purpose and not by accident. In other words, it's time for us to have purposeful living. Look at the definition of purposeful. It's like we took our whole message, the whole theme of this message, from the title of purposeful. The act of being on purpose or indicating that something is the opposite to accidental. Come on, this ain't accidental. I wasn't brought into your life by accident. It's by purpose. We're going to start seeing that. We're going to start seeing things in a different way all around us. Because we're going to see from the life of David that as long as he lived in godly purpose, oh, there were still struggles, there were still hard times. But the outcome would always be favorable. But when you lose sight of that, everything becomes one accident. After another. God has a divine purpose for your life. For you to live purposefully. And even when you don't see it. And you don't know it. It's there. I want to remind you today. God does not waste any experiences any experiences of your life well I can't believe I had to go through such a tough divorce look again now with purpose because there's hurting people all around you and you can begin to share your testimony and give to them the fact if God did it for me he can give it and do it to you come on you can't give what you haven't got that means some of the getting is through the hardships and the trials of life but God will use it and that's why James says count it all joy when you fall into various things why because the testing of your faith is producing something in you. What is it producing? At <laughs> The purpose of God that you'll live and breathe, that you'll stand up and say, I'm tired of being ashamed, but I'm going to preach the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ. Yes. No pain is ever wasted in God. Amen. Romans 8 28, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to Man, His purpose. It's all about His purpose. If you're fulfilling His purpose, anything and everything that will be thrown your way, God's going to turn it around for good. He's going to bring a miracle. He's going to bring a change. He's going to bring a breakthrough. Why? Because that's the God that we serve. I need to close this message today. Are you ready? Here's God's purpose for your life. You want to know God's purpose for your life? Here it is. He wants to work with you. That's the purpose of God for your life. He wants to work with you. The talents and the gifts, everything that God has given your life, God wants to work with you. Would you stand to your feet all over this place right now?
1: We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At HeartSeas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp.hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.